John Jurgensen is Chief Marketing Officer for the Cambium Learning Group, which is an education essentials company that provides education technology and services for the pre-K to 12 markets. With an intentionally curated portfolio of respected global brands, Cambium serves as a leader in the education space. The family of companies include Cambium Assessment, Lexia Learning, Learning A to Z, Voyager Sopris Learning, Explore Learnings, Time for Learning, and Kurzweil Education. In this episode, John discusses the company's recently re released survey, Education in 2021 and Beyond, How District Leaders Envision the New Normal. The research, completed in partnership with the research firm Hanover Research, covers how district leaders rated themselves in response to the pandemic, the impacts of technology, and attitudes about the future of the field of education. Uh, there's actually some good news that comes out of this conversation in terms of the pandemic, uh, and I hope you like it. Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of EdTech Today. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. With me today, John Jorgensen from Cambium Learning Group. John, how are you? I'm great, Kevin. Thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, to join me today. I know that uh, we could kind of jump right into the weeds here. Uh, Camium came out with uh, some recent news about some uh, reporting on, I guess, both your customers and the, and the industry at large. Can you maybe give us a, uh, a, an overview of the state of play as the, the survey found? Yeah, I'm happy to. Uh, so we, um, in January of this year, we partnered with a research firm called Hanover Research. And we just wanted to better understand uh, kind of how administrators in particular in the K-12 space, how they were dealing with things, what, what the biggest challenges were that they had had in the last year, uh, just, just to, to, to kind of better understand what things look like from their seats. And so um, we, we, we did a, a it, it was a random market survey. We ended up uh, talking to just over a hundred administrators across the country and uh, got some really, interesting feedback, some, some things you would, you would kind of expect because the challenges have been so well uh, documented, but, um, but some surprises too. Now, not, not so much surprises, but kind of encouraging. I wasn't quite sure if it was gonna go one way or another uh, kind of um, uh, areas. And, and so I, I, was, I was pleased to, to hear about those. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I also, I noticed that you uh, did some blogging about it and, and, and pulled out a few insights uh, that, that you pulled from those numbers. One of which uh, talked about how uh, you were impressed by the adept, uh, how adept districts were in the past, uh, the past 14 months in terms of a turnaround. Now I know when, when all the madness started, I think it was Friday the 13th, 2020. Um, and in those first couple of months where it was nothing but almost like a triage situation, right? In terms of getting students online. And there, was, there were some criticisms. Um, and then going into the fall, um, I think expectations rose uh, to making sure that districts were remote ready. Talk a little bit about what you see as the adaptability and how well uh, districts did in responding to the crisis. Yeah, I, I think what you said is right. I think going into it, everybody, uh, none of us knew what was going to happen. You know, I think people thought, oh, maybe this will last a few weeks, maybe a month, you know, and and as it continued to drag on and as the school year finished and then, you know, everybody thought, oh, well, the fall, certainly things will be figured out by then. And, and here we are, uh, you know, the, the next spring. And so, um, you know, I, I think it's been kind of uh, evolving as we go. Nobody has quite known where it's going to, to land. And I think 
the part that that wasn't surprising to me was that uh, that adaptivity that you just described. I mean, the fact that that administrators and teachers uh, and parents, for that matter, have been so able to uh, pivot and continue to make things happen um, in a positive way. So I think it, it didn't surprise me that they were able to, to to pivot and adapt. I think that they don't get enough credit for doing that every single day in all sorts of ways. I mean, the pandemic is kind of a you know, a single big event that touched everybody. But when you think about all the challenges that that educators face every day, um, they're really doing unbelievable uh, kind of ad-libbing each day. And so that didn't surprise me as much that they were able to figure that out. I think, um, you know, as as the, the time progressed, the idea that, um, you know, what do we do with all this technology that's available to us? You know, I think that there's there's a ton out there um, some is, is really, really good. You know, we feel at camp camp that what we do is really designed to be helpful, uh, not to be some additive thing that is, uh, just makes their lives, uh, more complicated. So, but there is a lot of that out there too. There's just a lot of noise in, in the technology space. And I think that one of the big challenges that we heard in, in the survey was that, of course, they, they were really worried about, about absenteeism, about, uh, teacher and student well-being. But you know, right, right there after that, they were most concerned with, okay, how do we use technology to get us through all of this? Because they recognized that it was going to be necessary. You know, whether it's kind of video conferencing or uh, curriculum products, it was going to be. It, it was. They certainly had been kind of heading down that path for a long time. EdTech is not a new thing, and yet this this kind of single event that came out of nowhere, affecting everyone with so much uncertainty tied to it. Um, has caused everything to be accelerated quickly. And so I think that was um, that caused them to really have to be focused and and it was overwhelming initially uh, to kind of make sense of it all. what what things do I really need? What things can I do without? Can I replace these five things with one thing? Um, all sorts of things like that, just trying to simplify and to keep things moving. I think that was the by far the most um, difficult thing kind of heading into and kind of going through the early early days of the pandemic. But I think um, one of the parts that I think was most encouraging to me uh, was despite all of that, despite all of the, the very valid concerns and challenges, and, and we can talk more about that, especially with respect to teachers. Um, at the end of the day, the, the majority of administrators felt really optimistic about what was to come. It was almost as if um, you know, having gone through this really difficult experience and just being forced into a corner to figure things out, uh, kind of built up some muscles and helped them figure some things out more quickly than they would have before and more creatively than they would have before. And so there, there definitely was a, um, you know, a, a majority of people in the survey that said, you know what, I think we're actually in a better position now than we were, we would have been if we hadn't gone through this simply because they they had to figure it out. And now they've, they have that experience, they, they, they've grown from it. And, and as hard as it's been, certainly, it's not one of those things that um, they, they wish to ha have happen again. Um, but, but there has been benefit to it. And that's, you know, I, I don't think that that's a, you know, like a rosy outlook on, on something. I think that that's, it's sort of a both and, you know, like it's been difficult, it's been challenging, it's been all of the things it's been. And yet it's also had this, this good impact uh, that they're optimistic about. Yeah, a number of tech directors from districts across the country I've spoken with almost have a sort of guilty pleasure when it comes to this, where you know, they've been advocating for remote learning. They've been advocating for one-to-one. -one. Uh, they've been advocating for getting a more equitable situation where all students can get 
internet and they've always had resistance up until February of 2020. Uh, a lot of perceptions among school boards and, and wider communities would always see technology as a luxury. And then all of a sudden it wasn't, it was, it was a necessity, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I, I think, you know, um, there, there has been a lot of, um, you know, tech lash, I think, over the, the last few years, and people are concerned about technology. And, and I think in a lot of cases, rightly so, I think that um, what is, is really important to emphasize and something we, we constantly reemphasize is, is the importance of teachers. And, and I think that's why, um, you know, what this pandemic has meant for the teaching profession and for teachers um, as people, you know, their, their social, uh, kind of their, their, their standing in society and the, the respect that they, they deserve to get. I mean, here we are, it's teacher appreciation week, uh, this week. And, you know, I can't help but, but notice all of the, you know, people talking about teachers as superheroes and they want to say thank you. And, um, we're at a really, uh, at a very pivotal moment in education right now. This isn't, this isn't a case of how do we get back to normal or even, necessarily in you know kind of a new normal I think that this pandemic is has brought a lot of things to the forefront and it's causing a lot of things to have to be looked at we, we, we can't not look at them anymore and I think I think a lot of those are related to teachers related to equity um, and and I think that those are and, and we can talk more about those things I, I, I just I think that those are those are big issues that technology ha we have to find a way for technology to, to play. Uh, an important part in that because it's the only way we're going to accomplish some of these things we want to accomplish with respect to to equity and student agency and personalized learning. Um, technology is going to need to be there. I just can't. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding and fear around. Oh well, technology. As you're saying you're going to replace teachers. You think your software is going to do a better job than a teacher could do. That none of the good ed tech companies are saying that. They're they're all saying no. This is about helping those teachers feel more supported, feel more informed. Um, give them more options for helping kids individually. Uh, it's really additive. It's not meant to be a replacement of anything. Yeah, definitely one of those uh, ed tech myths of the technology replacing the teacher has been proven has been proven wrong through this, right? I mean, all it did was help enable teachers to do their job better or at all, uh, you know, in the case of when they were actually in a remote situation. Now, That's right. Another phrase, another unfortunate phrase in this unfortunate time is, uh, you know, COVID learning loss, which is very similar to what we hear in the past about summer learning loss, summer slide. So now there's a lot of discussion on, uh, on learning loss and uh, as a result of COVID. Um, recent articles going back and forth on whether that should be recognized as a loss. Um, maybe there should be a different phraseology to what we're, we're talking about in terms of stigmatizing kids as having fallen behind uh, in, in, this, in this area. Where, where does Camium sit on that spectrum of what learning loss means uh, and whatever that means, however it's being measured, how that can be rectified and have those students be helped? Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a legitimate and growing concern that you don't want to be placing what feels like blame on on teachers or students for having fallen behind or or having lost something that could never be retrieved. I mean, I, I think those are those are legitimate concerns, especially younger kids who are at these pivotal moments in their development. Um, every every moment is precious, and and to feel like you've lost any time, um, whether whether valid or not, that's that's a legitimate 
a legitimate concern. I, I just, you know, to your question, I, I kind of go back to the survey that, that we just did and the fact that um, uh, just over, I think it was 52% of the leaders that we talked to said, yeah, this, there is, whether you want to call it learning loss or call it needing to sort of accelerate things to, um, to, to kind of catch up, um, 52% said, yeah, this is a real thing and it's going to take some time for us to, to recover. And I, and I think that the, the even truer answer to that is that um, it's not the same for everyone. I mean, this goes back to the equity issue and how um, de depending on a zip code, uh, the reality can be very different. Teachers are supported in a different way, um, different access to technology. And so, you know, that that's, that, that's a real thing. And I think the, the inequity of it is, is the part that's most concerning. I, I, there, there's no way around the fact that um, if, if going through something like the pandemic where kids weren't in school and parents are, you know, juggling, just trying to get their technology to work and then to figure out how do they support what the teachers are doing, the teachers are trying to pivot, like all of this transition is going to cause um, some, some chaos. And so I think that's why these administrators were so focused on trying to simplify the technology uh, support that they were providing and why they're, they're still being very, uh, you know, kind of, I think, realistic about the fact that, you know, for us to say that, hey, no problem, nothing has, no courses have been altered, nothing has changed, especially for some of these more marginalized groups, uh, that they recognize that this is a real thing and it's going to take time. But I, but again, I go back to the fact that despite that, uh, they feel an optimism. They feel like, okay, well, maybe it's feeling like that now. But the fact that we've gone through what we've gone through, we've had to build the the things we've had to build, and uh, you know, we've we've sort of adapted to what we've had to adapt to. Um, it, it might feel like loss now, but we feel good about it. Uh, you know, kind of in the aggregate going forward, which is which is really encouraging. Yeah, it's almost like we can focus on learning recovery, right? As much as to, instead of focusing on the loss, especially as um, the conversation is is being more and more hopeful, as your survey says. I mean, I think looking towards the fall with the advent of the vaccines and uh, looking like um, most schools will be able to have an in-person situation, at least here in the United States. Um, yeah, so to have that focus on the glass half full and, and what we can learn from, from, from what the experience, I think will be better for everyone. Talk a little bit about um, what insights or innovations uh, from an industry uh, side of point of view, uh, have you learned as a result of this great beta test that we've all gone through? So, as your companies have pivoted uh, to respond, um, are there th are there things that have been pointed out like, wow, we, we should have been doing this this way all along, or just new new insights? Yeah, no, I, I think uh, there are a lot of things that we've all learned, and I think um, the way I would best answer that question isn't even just as a um, as a partner with with uh, school districts and and with parents, but but also just as as a business. You know, we we as a company are a large uh, portfolio company. We have locations, uh, you know, across the country, nearly two thousand employees working for different different businesses that serve different customers, and yet we're all part of Cambium Learning Group, and so. Uh, this has been a, um, it's been a really amazing year in the sense that, yeah, it's been, it's been difficult. It's been challenging, uh, just as it's been for, um, for the, the school district partners that we have. Um, but 
just like some of the the answers we received in in the survey, um, we feel like wow, we we really have learned a lot in this process. We've learned that um, technology can be used in ways that. Uh, we never used to use it before. I mean, even something as simple as what we're on now with Zoom. I mean, Zoom, GoToMeeting, you know, these video conferencing platforms have been around for a long time. And yet it, it as an organization, you know, we made a, a really clear decision. We said, look, we're not going to let, nobody's going to travel because our, the safety of our employees is the most important thing. And obviously that put us in uh, difficult positions with school districts. We do a lot of professional learning that it's in person. So how do we figure this out? How do we continue to, to help the school districts? And so something like Zoom, uh, you know, we, we kind of sort of used to use it before, but, you know, we, the default was always, well, let's, let's get on a plane and let's get in a room together and uh, let's, let's get around a table together. And, and certainly there's value in that. But in a lot of cases, uh, just actually using the video, uh, a portion of Zoom, which people didn't really do that much before. And, and we made a decision. We said, look, we've got to use this technology the way it's designed if we want to stay connected. And we want to continue to feel like a team and like we can keep doing the work we need to do. We have to do that with the school districts we're partnering with. So we need to do it with each other as well. So I think in a lot of ways, it's just been uh, making a decision to, uh, to, to really embrace and, and kind of leverage what's out there um, as technology. And then to um, you know, question ourselves, like, do we need to be together to do this? I mean, it, of course, it's always, it'd be great. Um, but it's just, there are lots of reasons why it's, um, it, it's not a great idea as well, whether it's, you know, and the environmental impact of all the travel or just having people commute and be away from their families, you know, so I think, um, in a lot of ways, as a business, we've, we've had to deal with a lot of the same challenges as we have as a, as a partner. And I think that, um, you know, technology, I keep going back to technology and, and just having uh, patience and empathy for each other, because we're all figuring this out together. And it's, it's challenging and things happen. Um, I mean, here we are doing an interview and my daughter calls on the phone. And so it's like just a different world that we're all kind of, you know, might have a dog come in the room or something. So I think that might turn into a cat. cat (laughs) That's right. right. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, well, yeah, and that kind of goes back to the discussion earlier about learning loss, and um, there are other aspects of, of things that have been gained. And in, in many of my conversations, the whole idea of social emotional learning uh, has really gone from something that was maybe considered a fluffy little extra after you went to the learning to something where it's obvious, especially now, uh, that you need to have a a student needs to have a sense of safety and comfort before they're even able to learn in the first place. Right. So that has gone a complete 180 where make sure everybody's safe, make sure everybody's as happy as possible or as content as possible. And then you can can continue the learning. Let me ask you this from um, another aspect um, for me as a parent, uh, I've never spent as much time in discussion with, my children's teachers uh, in the past 12 months than probably the combined 12 years uh, right. <laughs> uh, before. Uh, and from an industry perspective, have parents suddenly become a more important part of the, uh, of the marketing landscape than maybe they were in the past? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know about the the marketing landscape as much as um, I mean, one of the uh, the businesses we have at Cambium is called Time for Learning. It's it's arguably the leading homeschool digital curriculum uh, in the market, and of course they had 
unbelievable interest over the course of the last year as parents were, were needing to pivot and looking for solutions. And, and I think part of what's happened, and this kind of goes into that, that optimism uh, sort of zeitgeist that seems to be uh, coming through in this survey that we did is um, we had in, in, in another study that we did, um, parents are, are now twice as likely to consider doing homeschooling longer term. So homeschooling was something that was growing and technology was certainly playing a part in that. Um, but now that they've seen it, you know, you have sort of these, um, these reluctant homeschoolers that we call a lot of the parents uh, over the last year. A lot of them are like, okay, I, I see benefit to this. And, and yeah, I, I would consider doing this longer term. So I think they would have, that, that never would have happened if they hadn't gone through the experience. Um, going, going back quickly to your question about, uh, about SEL, social emotional learning, I think that that absolutely has become just such an important, it, certainly it's not a new thing and it's not something that, that wasn't an issue before, but um, like a lot of things, this pandemic has caused a lot of those issues to become, uh, to just to, to accelerate forward, to become you know, bright light shining on them, uh, whether it's SEL or, or equity. Um, and I think rightly so, that is often talked about a lot with respect to students. And students are, are obviously why education exists and you know, we wanna make sure they feel safe and supported. Um, the, the one thing I, I've been talking a lot about more recently though, and I've just this week seeing a lot of things in, in the press about it, uh, at a week market brief had a great, great article about this, um, is, is thinking about teachers. You know, I think that we, there's, there are decades of research that show the most important ingredient in actual learning happening and kids feeling that sense of well-being and support and um, like they're seen um, is to have a good teacher. And so clearly it would be great if we could somehow uh, provide uh, in-person personal tutoring for you know, every student in this country. Clearly that's not something that's really scalable. Um, and so you know, I, I, I just, I keep going back to the idea that if we want to continue to help kids feel safer and, and feel like there's more support for them and um, a sense of well-being, we have to really start with the teachers and make sure they feel it. And, and they really, there is an absolute teacher crisis uh, happening right now. I mean, there were some, some numbers that I was just jotting down before we, we jumped on the phone. Um, and, and they're kind of striking numbers. Some are, some are from the, the Ed Week Market Brief article that came out this week more than half of teachers have said that they are likely to leave teaching in the next two years. And when you compare that to the same, teachers asked the same question just 18 months ago, right before uh, you know, the fall, before the pandemic started, that number was only 34%. Mm. And so then you look at statistics like 41% of, of teachers leave the profession in the first five years of teaching. And then you look at an uh, even more striking, uh, statistic like in in districts that have a higher concentration of of minority students the teacher turnover rate is 70 percent so i mean you you have these unbelievable uh and, and we could go on and on with these statistics i mean they're well documented but i think if if we want to really kind of embrace whatever this pandemic is making available absolutely technology needs to be a big part of that absolutely we need to find ways of giving students a feeling of safety and agency and everything else. And technology can play a part of that too. But I think that the, the focus on teachers needs to be foundational and, and kind of a national conversation because obviously a company like Cambium 
um, you know, we have ways that we contribute to trying to help all students and teachers feel valued and, and seen and supported. And we do that through our products and services, but it, it, teachers are going to need a lot more to just be seen as, as important professionals. Um, mm -hmm. And wouldn't it be great if when kids are going to the best colleges and they're, they're being asked, what do you want to do? Uh, you know, being a teacher is something that is, is really valued. And, and that is everything from the, the pay that they receive to how they're treated uh, and viewed in society to the supports they're given, the training they're given. Um, if, if we really want to continue, uh, if we want to take advantage of this optimism and continue with whatever momentum has been built as a part of this pandemic experience, we can't, we, we have to start there. We cannot continue to um, not prioritize teachers and the role that they play when at the same time we say, hey, you know, here we are, Teacher Appreciation Week, we call them superheroes. And I mean, I don't know how many more times we need teachers to say, would you stop doing that? Just pay me, respect me, right. give me the tools I need, give me the training I need, and, you know, do that for me. Yeah. Um, if you really think this is so important and you think I'm a superhero, um, then let's start there. And I think that's a, that, that's a national conversation that, you know, I can be and we're trying to, to participate in and, and hopefully lead in, um, but it's, it's not going to happen overnight. No, and it's a, a complex um, situation, right? When you have 15,000 plus different school districts with different politics and uh, different school boards uh, and, and, and different recognition levels of what teachers do. So um, how, do you, how do you figure that one? I mean, is it just more of a, just a, a general messaging or is it um, specifics that, that can uh, at a district level? The, the, where it needs to start. Yeah, certainly your, the complexity is, is a real thing and, and I don't have any silver bullet answers for how you, you solve this problem. I think as, as a company, as a brand, <clears throat> we've, we've made a really concerted effort to, um, to, to embrace and prioritize uh, three things which we call our education essentials. And those three things are completely based on the, the years of, of conversation and research we've done talking to educators, talking to students, to parents, to administrators. And they continually tell us they want three things. One is they want simplicity. You know, there's all this, you know, I talked about it at the beginning with all the, the complexity of technology availability. Um, they want things that actually help solve problems that matter to them in the classroom and do so in a way that they can do and that they want to do. So everything that we do um, in terms of product services, we try to embrace that idea of, is this going to simplify the life of the, the people we're trying to help? <clears throat> the second one is, is certainty. So um, is this something that I can count on? Is it gonna help me feel safer? Is it gonna be something I know is gonna solve the problem that has the research behind it? Uh, that is, um, is exactly what I'm gonna need in the moment. So we wanna help them feel confident that, hey, it, you know, these are things that are actually gonna help you accomplish the things that you're wanting to accomplish. We want them to, to feel uh, certain about that. And then the, the third one is what we call this concept of now, which is this idea that it's really, a lot of ed tech companies talk about kind of the future and you know uh, college and career ready and helping kids develop these great futures. And of course we want that too, but we also believe that, look, the only way that happens is if you make the most out of the, the day today the instructional moment you have right now, and then the next one, and then the next one. And, and it's through that, those series of, of moments that things will actually change. And so every the, the products that we build are, are meant to really engage kids, get them kind of 
you know, in that flow of learning um, where, where they're actually able to, to make progress in the moment. And so that as a company, when, when you ask like, how are we trying to kind of move things forward? It's kind of an uncompromising, um, just focus on those three things, make sure everything we do is gonna help all three of those, those kind of pillars that we have as a brand. And, and, and why is that important? Because that's the people we're, we're trying to help. That's what they've told us that they're, they're lacking. So right. if we stay focused on, on what it is they say that they need, um, we, don't, we, we, we would never presuppose that we know better than a teacher what's going to help them in their classroom. And so we listen to them and we try to give them things that, that help to improve those three things. Got it. Well, uh, John, I have to say, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I really appreciate the, the data that's in this survey. I think it's very helpful. And for no other reason that uh, there's some good news in it. We can finally um, start to talk about things. Uh, unfortunately, we still have to talk about the pandemic, but we can maybe start talking about it in ways in which we just did, which is building for something that's uh, bigger and better as a result of it. So well, once again, I really appreciate your insights. Oh, thanks for having me on, Kevin. It was great fun. And thanks everybody for watching. I hope you click around and find another episode of EdTech Today soon.